Cast. It's not about the corner office. It's not about the fancy title. It's not even about the extra money. Responsible leadership is about taking care of those who choose to follow you, and that care takes on many forms. This podcast is dedicated to bringing you the best guests with the best advice to help you succeed in that endeavor. The Responsible Leadership Podcast is a production of The Leadership Phalanx. To find out more about me and what I do, visit leadershipphalanx.com. That's leadership, P-H-A-L-A-N-X.com. And now, on to today's show. All right, folks. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Responsible Leadership Podcast. Uh, this is going to be another episode where I answer a question that I get from you all quite frequently. But before that, I have a brief announcement to make. Uh, I will be going back to one show a week, starting with episode 200. This is episode 194. So we'll still have a couple of weeks here where we have two episodes a week. But starting on episode 200, uh, we will go back to just Thursday episodes. I know I tried this once before. Uh, but y'all said you really wanted two episodes a week, just with everything opening up, getting busy, which is a good problem to have, uh, time wise, this is what I have time for is one episode a week on Thursdays. I have a lot of great guests lined up for you. The show's not going anywhere. Uh, it's just a, a time thing, a time management issue. And I would be kind of hypocritical if I taught time management, but I didn't practice it myself. Uh, what you're going to probably see less of are the, the shorter podcasts where I share a story or I share uh, these frequently asked questions. I'll cup those up. Those will still happen from time to time, but they'll be a little bit longer. I'll share more stories and answer more questions in one episode. But again, starting with episode 200, we're going to go to one show a week and it's going to be out on Thursday mornings. So thank you for your patience. Thank you for your understanding. And I promise you, it's still going to be a great show. I've still got some great guests lined up. You're still going to love it. Uh, so what is the question that I'm going to discuss today? Well, I get asked, what are the most important decisions that a leader makes? Now, I do talk about, you know, everyone is a leader. So when I get this one, I have to kind of really look at the lens of the person who's asking it. And most of the time, it is somebody in a position of authority uh, to hire and fire. So that's my answer. The most important decision that you're going to make as a leader at that level of an organization are your hiring and firing decisions, hands down. Yes, your innovation decisions are going to be very important. Uh, Yes, your policy decisions are going to be very important. But none of that matters if you're not doing hiring and firing correctly. So let's talk about hiring. Uh, One of the things I talk about a lot is how unconscious bias plays into the hiring process. Now, this isn't all about race, sex, religion, any of those main things. What I try to focus on are those little things that you may not know are influencing your hiring decision. Um, What are the things that you pick up on the resume? Right. How do you view somebody who changes jobs every year and a half to two years versus somebody who stays in a job 10 to 15 years? Do you value longevity? 
stability in a position or do you value what the person gets done? This is just an example, right? I teach folks, take a look at that. Like if somebody comes into your organization and is probably only going to be there a year and a half, two years, but they have a proven track record of in that two years with their, when they're with an organization of making uh, an impact, of leaving a legacy, of, of driving innovation, that can be extremely valuable, even though you know they're going to be a couple year higher maybe. And then you look at the person who has a record of being 10, 15, 20 years with an organization, but they're just kind of there, right? They're not really accomplishing very much. If you aren't aware of how you look at those pieces of information on a resume and what your organization needs, you're going to make a bad selection, right? Because maybe you do need stability. Maybe you need that kind of anchor that's just going to be the person to be there uh, that is is comfortable for folks to be around. Then you want to go with the person who's going to be there 10, 15 years, right? And maybe you need innovation. Maybe you need quick growth. Maybe you need somebody to come in with fresh eyes and just really shake things up. Then that person, you know, that might only be there a year and a half, two years is your better option. But if you're not aware of these things, right? And that's what I like to drive home. If you're not aware of how you're viewing these things on the resume, you may pick the wrong person. You may need the innovation and not know it, but get scared by the two years and pick the person who's going to be there that's going to be a steady 10, 15 years and just be a status quo person. Um, during the hiring process, are there any red flags that show up? Are there any, you know, anger issues? Are there any uh, misogynistic uh, kind of jokes that are being told during the interview? Uh, keep in mind, during the interview, this is the part where where most people are putting their best foot forward. So if you start seeing red flags in the interview, it's only going to get worse from there. You know, that that's just the way this thing works. If you see flags in the interview, that should be a huge red flag because this is the person's best behavior that they're putting forward. Now, yes, again, you have to be aware. Maybe they're just a bad interview. Maybe they're nervous. Maybe they stumbled over their words. But again, this is about paying attention. This is about having a process in place. This is about having multiple people on the hiring panel with multiple points of view uh, to be able to sit there and say, I get that you saw it this way, but here's how I interpreted what they said and be able to have a discussion with all of those folks. You know, maybe it is is one of your pet peeves that this person, you know, says uh, an overused quote, right? You know, maybe they're using a lot of cliche quotes. That doesn't necessarily make them a bad person. A lot of people speak in cliches. I use them from time to time. Um, but is that something that just grates on your nerves? Do you hate circling back and let's put a pin in it and things like that? And when they say them, are you viewing them negatively? Now, this is a whole coaching subject that I get into in the hiring process. So you're just getting some surface level stuff here. But the point is, is when you bring people into your organization, these are the people who are going to be the future of the organization. See, there I go with a cliche, but it's true. These are the people who you want to bring in to drive innovation, uh, to, to move the organization in to the future. And that means, uh, with products, that means with policies, that means with personnel, uh, that means with personal interactions throughout the day, that means every aspect. You want to hire for the fit of the organization for the future and build towards that. You know, you can't just sit there and say, oh, today we need this type of organization, 
Now we're just going to start hiring these people. You need to be forward thinking and think about, again, (laughs) cliche, right? But you do need to be forward thinking and think about where you want your organization to go and start hiring for people who can get you there from where you are now. Now, the second piece of that is firing, right? As much time and effort as you put into this process, sometimes you're still going to make mistakes and that's okay, right? It's learn from it, adjust the hiring process to not make those same mistakes in the future, but you have to be ready, willing, and able to fire the person that doesn't fit. Now, yes, you want to do some coaching. You want to try to bring them along. You want to try to nurture them and those things. Make sure that it's not just something that you're failing at. But once you have invested the appropriate amount of time and effort for that person, and it's just not working out, you need to be willing to let them go. And that could be your top salesperson, right? That could be one of the top performing people in your organization uh, by the, the numbers metrics, but maybe... You know, maybe they're a bully, maybe they're a sexist, maybe they're a racist, maybe they're homophobic, maybe they're a bunch of different things. Maybe they're just a bad fit for the culture and it's it's causing other people to underperform. Your best performer could be your best performer simply because they're making everybody else underperform. That happens in organizations all the time, but we get so ramped up in numbers, we don't see through the numbers and find out. Why is this person 20% ahead of everybody else? And then when we go talk to everybody else, they say, because we don't like working with this person. They demotivate us. They this, they that. But we still see them as the problem. Whereas if you lose that person who's 20% above everybody else and everybody else's productivity raises 20%, you come out in the lead. Okay. Again, that's just one basic example of, of firing. Now, the other thing is is you need to be able to fire appropriately, right? It's not just storm into somebody's office one day, lay down the law and say, you know, pack your stuff and get out of here and have security guards escort them out. That happens way too often. I promise you that is not cliche. Uh, I have seen people, I know people who have had that happen to them, and that's not the right way to fire somebody. Now, If you think somebody is going to be a danger, if you think somebody is going to be a threat, if you think they're going to like, you know, try to set the building on fire on the way out, then sure, you want security around and all those things. But if you're taking the time and you're trying to nurture this person along, they're already going to have a sense of my job is in jeopardy. Okay, they're already going to kind of know that they're skating on thin ice. And then you come to them and say, look, we give this a try. You're just not a fit here. And here's why. Give them reasons why, right? Give them legitimate reasons why, because you want to help this person grow. And if you can try to help them land softly, you know, maybe they're just not a fit for your culture and your organization, but maybe, you know, somebody down the street who they would be a wonderful fit for. Hey, you're not good here, but I got a buddy down the road here that works at XYZ Corp. And I think you would be a good fit there. I've put in a call. They're going to give you an interview. Um, just get a hold of them and let them know if you can fire in that manner with empathy, compassion, you're going to do yourself a great service and you're going to do that person a great service. Now, yes, I get it. That sounds all nice and fluffy and rainbows and stuff, right, Earl? And yes, it doesn't always happen like that. But what I'm saying is when you can, please do. 
right? Because you never know when that piece of guidance, I've talked about General Powell's guidance. We've had other people talk about pieces of guidance that they've received in their career that's helped them turn things around. You never know when that firing action done correctly, help them land softly, help them find other opportunities where they can grow. You never know what that person is going to achieve. They may be somebody who 5, 10, 15 years down the road can come back to the organization and be a perfect fit. Or maybe they take that organization uh, to a point where now they're hiring you because of the relationship that you had of the way you treated them, right? It's not a... It's not weakness. It's not softness. It's not any of these negative things that some people would tell you about firing. It's just the right thing to do. It's the right way to treat people. And even when somebody doesn't fit for your organization, you need to treat people the right way. So again, those are just a couple of uh, brief examples of, of firing and hiring, why they're the most important decisions you're going to make, and a couple of brief tips on how to make those decisions better. If you want to have a full uh, coaching session on this, get in touch with me. Earl at Leadership Phalanx, P-H-A-L-A-N-X dot com. It'll play in the outro there as well. But just email me at Earl at Leadership dot com. And let's get this coaching session set up because I promise you, when you look at hiring and firing through different lenses, you're going to have a better organization on the back end and you're going to achieve more success. So that's the question that I'm answering in this session. I, I hope it really kind of drove some of these points home. If you have any different answers to the question, what are the most important decisions a leader makes? Feel free, hit me up. I want to hear your answers as well. There's that little message box that I keep promoting that uh, uh, not many people use, but you click the message uh, link at the bottom here and you can send me a voice message. I can pull that voicemail out. I can plug it into a podcast episode and we can have a uh, discussion on the podcast through your voice. Uh, so one last reminder here, I uh, just want to say again, Starting with episode 200, we will be going down to one show a week. I look forward to bringing all those great guests to you and continuing this show for as long as I can keep pulling in amazing guests. So with that, thank you very much for your time, and I look forward to speaking with you again in the next episode. Well, all right, folks, there you have it. Another great show about responsible leadership. I really appreciate you listening. And if you have any feedback for me, please reach out at earl at leadershipphalanx.com. That's E-A-R-L at leadership, P-H-A-L-A-N-X.com. Thank you for rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing the show so these messages can spread further and make a bigger impact. With that, I look forward to speaking with you again in the next episode. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric Cast Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music.
Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, is that my name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. Touchdown! On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Electric acid.